You're listening to the Taming Hindrances Podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health, as well as a dive into this thing known as spirituality. We talk about everything and anything on the podcast, so come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances Podcast. As always, my name's Phil. I'm the host and creator of the podcast. And today's episode is all about relax. Relaxing, chilling, taking it easy. Just kind of stepping back, taking a moment, taking a breath. Yeah, that's what today's episode's all about. So let's head over to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. As usual, we'll grab a definition. We'll grab a bunch of definitions, and then we'll talk about what this thing known as relaxing is all about, how to do it a little bit, you know, how to make it a little bit more effective, or just how to generally think about it a little bit more, because I think we get caught up in the daily grind, and we get caught up in the churn, and I'm going to talk about what the churn is, uh, a little bit too much. And so this can be a way to escape that a little bit, and escaping is okay now and then in my personal opinion. So Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition for relax, the verb is to make less tense or rigid, to make less severe or stringent, to deprive of energy, zeal, or strength of purpose, to relieve from nervous tension, or to treat specifically the hair chemically in order to relax the curls. That's one's pretty specific, but you know, hey, my hair's a little curly. Maybe yours is too. Get that to relax a little bit. The intransitive verb is to become lax, weak, or loose, or, or to rest, uh, to become less intense or severe. In my bodywork uh, practice, we have the intransitive verb to relax, which is of a muscle or muscle fiber, to become inactive and lengthen. We also have to cast off social restraint, nervous tension, or anxiety to seek rest or recreation, to relieve constipation, or to attain equilibrium following the abrupt removal of some influence, such as light or high temperature or stress. And then there's also the noun, which is a relaxer. All right, cool. Bunch of definitions. Awesome. Probably going to leave those aside for a while. Maybe I'll come back to them at the end. That's usually what I do. But for now, we're talking about relax, right? We're talking about what it means to be relaxed or how to get there. Mental health, self-awareness, what this podcast is all about, right? What does it mean to be relaxed? Well, in this specific sense, it means to have a state in which we feel not happy, not sad, just comfortable. Comfortable is the point in which the body goes into relaxation. This is what's known as homeostasis in the body. Homeostasis is when everything's working the way it's supposed to. Homeostasis is what the body is always trying to seek. It's always trying to seek this middle ground, this balanced place where everything's just working, functions are just doing their thing. And that doesn't include a massive dopamine rush. That doesn't include a massive cortisol rush. It doesn't, you know, dopamine being the reward hormone, cortisol being the stress hormone. Nope, none of that. Homeostasis is nice, mellow. Serotonin, mellow. Dopamine, mellow. Cortisol, mellow. All of it's just balanced, nice and balanced, just taking it easy. Depor definitely no norepinephrine. That's not part of this process. Homeostasis, norepinephrine, the precursor to ep uh, epinephrine or adrenaline. Nope, not what we're looking for. Not at all. We are looking for chill vibes, a little Rasta action, maybe a little reggae, maybe a little, little lo-fi hip-hop, maybe, you know, just a nice quiet day in the sun with some breeze. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a nice umbrella on the beach, Wh whatever happens to be for you. We're looking for relaxation. So I have some questions for you. One of those questions is what does relaxation look like for you? If I was like, Hey, you need to chill. You need to relax. How are you going to do that? Are you going to take a whole day? You're going to take five minutes. Are you going to take an hour? What's it look like? What's the time frame? Maybe it takes you forever to relax. And so you need a little extra time to make that happen. Maybe Maybe you're just a person who likes to take naps and like, you're just that random superhero person who can just be like, I'm going to take a nap and just fall asleep for an hour. Maybe that's your little relax set. How do you just unwind, reset, de unplug, disconnect? How does that happen? That's one of the first questions to ask yourself regarding this whole topic known as relax. But let's go into a little bit more of how that combines with some things that I've I've left aside in the podcast over the last couple of episodes, and that is this interplay between the mind, the body, and the spirit. In my bodywork practice, I often talk about opening uh, the mind and balancing the body as well as awakening the spirit. So the, the whole term there is I, I balance the body, open the mind, and awaken the spirit. Well, all of those things must talk to each other in conjunction. So what does a relaxed body do for us? A relaxed body 
lets the mind do its own faculties. So if your body's not relaxed, if you're just, you know, what's known as hypertonic or, or hypertension state, um, if your muscle, muscles are hypertonic or if you're in a hypertension state, you're not able to relax mentally. It's not possible because your body's just sending you signals all the time. It's telling you like, hey, this hurts. That's too over tight. You know, this is happening. Maybe I'm doing this, that, the other thing. It's constantly going to be sending these signals of, hey, hey, pay attention to me. I'm not relaxed. I am hypertense. Do something about this because things are not going well. We are not inside of homeostasis. So if the body's not relaxed, the mind definitely can't be relaxed and vice versa. If your mind is just all over the place, wandering, going crazy, can't pay attention on stuff because you're just like next thing, next thing, next thing, coffee, you know, maybe I got to do laundry, I got to get to the store, I got to, I got to, you know, oh, now I spilled my coffee on, you know, my pants and now I got to go home and, you know, blah, 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 you're not relaxed. You are not relaxed. You're not even capable of relaxing. That's another part of it when it comes to the body. If the mind is super going crazy, you can't relax the mind. I'm sorry, you can't relax the body. It's not going to happen. So they're both talking to each other back and forth. The body's going, hey, I can't relax. Maybe the mind's going, hey, I can't relax. So the body starts to tense up or maybe the mind starts to race a little bit or can't focus because the you know it's just too much focus on pain all the time in the body. So with that, we have this conversation about relaxation all day long. This is the idea of finding homeostasis, finding balance. And so relaxation becomes a real, like a, just a really important topic when we're talking about mental health and self-awareness. The self-awareness side of it is, are you able to relax? Is it a possibility for you? Do you know how to make that happen? Do you know things that specifically do relax you? Is it a, you know, is it a nice bath? Is it just a hot shower? Is it, you know, a cup of tea or, you know, uh, your favorite type of music? What kind of, or are you a tactile person? Is it just like a comfy blanket or just a nice sweatshirt? Uh, I like my beanie. I wear a beanie a lot. It's comfortable for me. It's nice and relaxing. What are your relaxation methods? That's the self-awareness side of it. And one of those comes from when we're children. You know, you might have had your little blankie or you might have had your pacifier. We like these objects for comfort. We like comforting objects. Oftentimes we pick out comforting people. You know, maybe your mom or your dad was a comfortable person for you. Maybe it was a sibling. Maybe it was a friend. Uh, maybe now it's just a different loved one or something along those lines. Maybe it's a pet. You know, that's why we have this whole thing. Um, oh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, emotional support animals, right? Maybe that's it. These are the self-awareness side of mental health uh, when it comes to relaxation. On the self-awareness side of things, we kind of have to ask that question, like, how do I relax? What relaxes me? Are there any tricks to the trade here that I can apply? And then on the mental health side of it, that idea of relaxation, that ability to relax, is what allows us to become a little bit more stable in the mental side of things. And the mental side of things becomes more stable the body side of things become more stable. So you can attack it from either side. You can go like, all right, well, I feel like my body's super tense. How do I get that to relax? Maybe that's the hot bath issue, or maybe that's just to take a nap thing or just take some breaths, you know, just doing some, some breathing action. And if it comes from the other side of it, maybe it's the mental side and you're like, you know, my mind is going crazy. I got so many things on my plate right now. Maybe I just need to get some more sleep. Maybe maybe I need to take some time to try to get some better sleep. Or maybe I do need to just grab a hot shower before the end of the night, you know, just settle down for bed. Maybe that's maybe that's the play. Maybe that's the possibility to get me into a more of a relaxed state. Now, those two things being covered. So the body-mind connection. What if we jump up the ladder, right? So what if we're talking about the spiritual relaxation? What is spiritual relaxation. Now I haven't gotten to the, uh, the spiritual side of things in a while. So I thought maybe I'd tackle this on that, uh, this specific episode just to kind of get into it. When we're talking about spiritual relaxation, we're talking about mostly because we live in this material world, this materium, and we are this consciousness stuck inside of a body. We're talking about the mental faculties of understanding what's going on around us. Knowledge is relaxation. And I don't know if anyone's ever put it to you this way, but it's something, it took me a, a while to grasp in my own personal journey, but also uh, it was something that just kept popping up over and over and over again is the more knowledge I attained, the more I knew about things, the more I understood things, the more, you know, dots that I could connect together, the more I was able to relax 
spiritually. Remember, spiritual is the realm of why questions. So if we're talking about relaxation, we're talking about having answers to why questions. And those are deep rooted questions inside of us. Those are spiritual questions. They are subjective all the way down to who we are as a person. And so when we talk about our depression and we talk about the way our mental health comes together, being able to answer those why questions make things seem less daunting, make things seem less heavy to carry around on our shoulders all day. So maybe we could, oh, just take that breath and just, you know, let our shoulders relax. One of the tricks you can do from the mind body side of things is if you feel like your mind is racing and you just can't get control of it, take that deep breath in through the nose, exhale out through the mouth, hot breath, like you're fogging a mirror, take 10 of those. And also focusing on just relaxing your shoulders. By just relaxing your shoulders or focusing on trying to relax your shoulders, you can just generally get the mind to slow down just a little bit, gain a little bit more control. So you can use the body to trick the mind to get a little bit of extra control there. Other way around, you can use the mind the mind to trick the body by taking those breathing or doing a mantra or one of those types of things to get the body to see like, whoa, okay, hey, the mind's got it, man. The mind's feeling, feeling good, feeling in a flow state. Let the body relax a little bit. Just mellow it out. That also works the other way around, right? So if we're trying to get the spiritual side of things to relax, right? I need to relax spiritually. I just feel bombarded. I feel like my morals and my ethics really aren't, you know, falling into place. I don't, you know, people's uh, energy, quote unquote, or just the, you know, the vibe around them is just affecting me constantly. Well, I got to get the mind to start understanding some things. I got to get the mind to start answering some why questions. And I've left this for a really long time. In fact, I did the why episode all the way back in episode 52, and I am now on episode 69, and I have not really gone back to the importance of all that. I talk about it a lot. I say, you know, why questions are spiritual questions. They're very subjective. They're to answer our own personal understandings of our own depression. They're uniquely who we are in that regard. They really build that mental health and self-awareness piece of depression. And so stepping back towards that now, stepping back towards that why question understanding, we can look at it from a realm of relaxation. If I'm going to relax my spirit, if I'm going to relax this, this almost intangible idea of a higher part of me, the third health body that alchemy talks about and other ancient medicines have talked about, how would I go about relaxing it? Well, we do that by answering why questions. One way to answer some of the why questions is to uh, play a fun little game. Play a fun little game of what actually matters. And this is kind of what I was getting into last episode when I talked about nonsense, episode 60, how everything's just fucking nonsense. It's all nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's kind of the reality of, of growing up. The reality of growing up is we start out in that absolutely nothing makes any sense whatsoever. Looking at other things being like, what's carpet? Can I put carpet in my mouth? Yeah, no, that, that didn't taste good. Let's move. Oh, mom yelled at me. Definitely can't do that. All right. Um, what about, uh, what's this, what's this, what's this creature that keeps following me around the room, staring at me awkwardly from a distance? Oh, you're a cat. What is cat? Okay. Let me go, let me go figure out what cat is. All right. Oh, poked cat. Cat tried to bite my face off. Nope. Mm, nope. Okay. Don't poke cat. Oh, pet cat. Okay. Oh, don't grip cat. Just pet cat. Okay. All right. All right. I learned that. Awesome. All right. Ooh, you know, what's this grumbly thing in my, in my belly? Um, um, mm, that hurts. Oh, what is this thing known as pain? Oh, pain, pain. Oh, belly pain. Mm, okay. All right. Let's put those together. Was it? Mom says I'm probably, probably hungry. Oh, oh, I'm hangry. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So if I, if I get this belly thing in me jig and it makes me, makes me upset that I might be like whining all the time. All right, cool. All right. Well, well, that's probably not relaxed, right? All right. All right. Well, well, carrot sticks. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll munch on some of those. They're pretty tasty. I like that. Cool. Now I'm vibing. Now I'm getting there. So this is what we do as children, right? From, you know, essentially from the ages of zero to seven, we're just little absorption things, just trying to figure out. We're just looking at something, trying to figure it out, watching something else do something, trying to figure out what they're doing. And we're just trying to fit how we fit into that whole situation. And so, Throughout all of that, we're learning 
to relax. In fact, we're tiring ourselves out so much that we sleep all the time, right? Kids get a lot of sleep because they need it because they need to create create those neuron connections. And the only way we're going to do that specifically in the brain is to get nice, deep, restorative sleep, non-REM sleep, deep below REM sleep, not random access. I'm sorry. Not, I'm thinking RAM, random access memory. Uh, it's kind of, kind of the same, but not REM, uh, random eye movement sleep, you know, no dreaming states, not that deep REM sleep, no REM, just deep, deep delta brainwave pattern sleep. All of that goes along with being able to relax because essentially we're just creatures, right? And the hippocampus and specifically the lizard brain side of us is on high alert all the time. We're like, oh, gotta survive, gotta survive, gotta survive, gotta survive, gotta survive. How do I survive? All right, I watch mom. What's mom doing? All right, this is a milk thing. Oh, I picked up the milk jug, and I've used this analogy before, and I spilled the milk jug everywhere, and then I got yelled at, right? Where we yell at the kid because they spilled the milk jug, but we didn't teach them like, yo, little you, little person, little me, little us, you're you're not strong enough to do that. Don't, nope, 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 nope. No, cool. Don't do that. You're not strong enough yet. You're not going to be able to successfully pull that off, right? So with all of that, you know, I was kind of sporadic going through all that. Think about all the relaxations that's not happening there. We're not relaxed as kids. We're not relaxed as teenagers, specifically in high school. Oh, 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 that horrible time period of life. Oh, that was fucking nonsense. That time period of life was just epically horrible it's for everybody it's, it's epically horrible for everybody. we're all awkward you know nothing makes sense it's all nonsensical we don't have any way to get through it all there's no boundaries that's all doesn't exist anymore social media ruined that i mean i didn't even really have to go through it because i had like my space was as bad as it got for me and aim well there was a funny time but when it comes to all of that there's no relaxation it's just stress and anxiety and just ugh, constantly just bleh. This is horrible. Meh. That was one of my favorite terms when that came out. Meh. It's all just meh. It's meh. All right. Let's all take a breath. Let's all step back. Let's talk about relaxation. When we come to a spiritual side of relaxation, it's by being able to answer what is actually going on. And a lot of times that doesn't come until later on in life. It sometimes just takes time, age, and just skill and just, just experience to be able to be more relaxed about it. That's why like, you know, the 80 year old walking around, it's just like, what are you all fucking going on about constantly? They don't say this cause they're nice. Some of them do, but they're just like, what, why are you just like cutting people off in traffic? Getting really mad about things. Like they're just trying to go to the store, get a nice meal, make sure they don't spend too much money. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a budget, a little bit of stress there. Go home, play some fucking pinochle, watch some, you know, watch some TV, and just laugh. Laugh at all us youngins that have no idea. They have no, we have no idea. We didn't grow up in, you know, whatever time period they grew up in. So obviously they're going to have a different understanding of relaxation than you're going to have. I'm going to have a different relaxation than you're going to have. You're going to have a different understanding of relaxation than any of us are going to have. Relaxation is partially answers to why questions, which means it's in the realm of spirituality, which also means it's highly related to your depression. Your depression, I would argue, is your skill at relaxation. Boom, boom, boom. Oh no, Phil, but I don't know how to relax. I am a very high-strung person. That's totally okay. Totally okay. Because you can figure it out. One of the best parts about relaxation is it's a fun little game to play. How do I relax? What relaxes me? Is it a pint of ice cream, a comfy blanket, some Netflix, and just shutting out the world and being like, fuck everybody, I hate everything, Rick and Morty, Ben and Jerry's, go. Cool. Go with it. Maybe it's a nice book. Maybe it's like, mm, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna go on my Kindle. I'm going to look at, you know, ooh, what's some genres I have? Oh, romance novel. Ooh, shitty romance novel. Oh, yeah. Just get all over that. Curl up. Read that. Maybe it's, you know, I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to go out, you know, check out nature. I'm going to breathe in some fresh air. Maybe pat a tree or two. Watch a squirrel run somewhere. Ooh, there was a fox. That was kind of cool. Maybe it is... Maybe it's getting in the car and just taking a cruise, you know? Maybe it's, um, maybe, fuck it, maybe it's climbing mountains. I don't know. It could be different for everybody. Maybe it's just like a yoga mat in a yoga studio in a nice yoga class. Maybe it's literally as simple as, let me close my eyes. 
I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm just not going to look at anything. Here's one of the biggest things I have against um, the meditation movements that are out there. Uh, They use some crappy vernacular. And one of those things is in your mind's eye, please picture in your mind, close your eyes and please picture in your mind's eye, blah, 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 blah. What does that really mean? What that really means is to use your pineal gland. The pineal gland is the mind's eye. The pineal gland uh, in right between the eyes, if you come about an inch, inch and a half up from the center of the brow, we have this thing known as the pineal gland. It's directly on an angle, about 30 degree angle, into the center of the brain there. And it has rods and cones. You might be like, Phil, well, rods and cones, what are you talking about? The eyes our cornea have these things known as rods and cones and they pick up different things. Um, rods are specifically to uh, low light, uh, ultraviolet uh, or the violet, ultraviolet, but violet spectrum, um, purples essentially, uh, and movement. And then cones are the rest of the spectrum as well as brightness and intensity. That is just a quick overview, but our pineal glands have that as well but they don't have any opening to actually absorb any of that fun light stuff that we're always interacting with in our visual cortex. Although they technically do because they have rods and cones so they can pick up some sort of spectrum of the light frequency world, which I mean, everything is light and frequency. I've talked about that before. So when it comes to that, we have a third eye or we have the mind's eye. We have this thing known as the pineal gland. And so when I say picture, or if someone says picture in your mind's eye, that's really what they're talking about. Now, let's take it one step further. What they're absolutely talking about when you do that is to link both hemispheres together. Um, Dr. Robert Monroe of the Monroe Institute um, trademarked this thing known as hemisync. It's uh, to match up two hemispheres together. I highly recommend the uh, Monroe Institute's uh, stuff. I've used their products in the past. They're awesome products. I have links to them on the archive, tamingintrusts.com slash archive. You can check out Dr. Monroe's work there. Uh, binaural beats, all this other stuff. It's awesome. It's very interesting, deep dive. Also really good for relaxation. Binaural beats are great for that. So with that research, Dr. Monroe noted that when the two hemispheres link together, there are points in time where we get a little pressure in the front of the forehead. I believe that to be the activation of the pineal gland. Now, the pineal gland is also something that through all of alchemy and ancient medicines and just all, you know, just these old textbooks about how we can um, raise our vibration to the higher state or to connect with the universe as a whole or to enter the astral plane or the astral body or just in the Ayurvedic medicine side of, you know, using the chakra point of the third eye. All of that's talking about this activation of the pineal gland, which puts a little bit of pressure right in the center of the forehead. And that's when we have a hemispheric, hemisync, uh, trademarked, um, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say that, who cares, um, reaction. When the two hemispheres link together and the pineal gland becomes activated, we get that little bit of pressure right there. Again, about an inch, inch and a half up in the center of the brow. That's what's known as the third eye, also linked to the pineal gland. But Phil, what's that matter for relaxation? It matters on the spiritual side of it. Because when we activate that gland, when we actually force that into activation or uh, stimulate it in some ways, that's when we get that deep feeling of the mind-body connection. We also get a feeling of this other spiritual connection. Some people can get into this uh, specifically inside of the flow state and they might get visual representation in the visual cortex with the eyes closed. They might see auras. They might see scenes even maybe, you know, as a super creative person and they are able to, you know, see whole scenes of stuff. This is what a woo woo individual or a a seer or a, a, a medium or a tarot reader might be doing you know, or I do it sometimes when I'm performing craniosacral on an individual and I really just get this like deep seated feeling of a connection between the bio, uh, the biospheres, essentially the bioelectrical systems of the human body one-to-one. Well, we can do that just in our own self. And by doing so, we trigger what's known as a deep relaxive state, a DRS. Uh, so you might also hear DSR, a deep state of relaxation. Um, Andrew Huberman talks about this. You can check out his work on the archive. What this does for the body is 
one, I don't even think researched enough. And two, already enough to be like, no, this is super, super effing important, right? A deep relaxive state, a DRS or deep state of relaxation allows for the body to reset a bunch of different things. One of those is proprioception. Proprioception is the flexibility or the level of activation of the muscles. It also allows for nervous system responses to restore homeostasis back to normal function, um, all sorts of different things. I would argue that those individuals who have experienced um, some psychedelic um, activations or, or you know, what's commonly referred to as a psychedelic experience or in ancient medicine when someone were to be um, spiritually healed or processed or, you know, spiritually touched, quote unquote, uh, the laying of hands, the sniffing of, you know, like things like peyote or other different um, mescaline um, or ingestion of ayahuasca and those things can lead to a DRS, a deep relaxive state. That relaxive state allows the mind to go off and connect to the spiritual side of things. Something like smoking DMT um, allows for the mind to temporarily disconnect from all of that signaling of the body, sending a signal to the body of like, hey, just, just, I just need you to like, just totally go into a relaxed state for me. I got other places to be right now. And off it goes. The mind goes off and talks to the spiritual side of things. In that specific situation, we have the trigger event for what deep relaxation can do for our spiritual sides. This is the whole practice of deep meditative uh, states. You know, um, the use of some sort of psychedelic to allow for that disconnect. You know, the psychedelic is just a tool. The use of ayahuasca, the use of um, mescaline, the use of psilocybin specifically is the tool to disconnect the mind from having to deal with everything that's going on with the body while also giving the body the signal of like, hey, here you go. Here is something to help you relax so that the mind doesn't have to have all that signaling right now and can go off and do some other things. Maybe those things are transcendental meditation. Maybe those things are transcendental experiences such as, you know, talking to the mother, which is what ayahuasca does, or talking to the gnomes, which is what psilocybin can do. All of these things that uh, psychonauts, those individuals who have done psychedelics in the past and written about them, some like Terrence McKenna and his brother, um, other individuals like Alan Watts, who, you know, used to just do deep meditative states, but also probably use some uh, some marijuana in there or some other things. Um, Alan Watts is a great resource also for these things. Alan Watts Lo-Fi is one of my best relaxive things. If you want to relax, I highly recommend, I believe I have some links on the archive to listen to uh, Alan Watts Lo-Fi. It's lo-fi music with Alan Watts speaking in like his just amazing British explanations of Zen and the Eastern mind. It's fantastic. So when the body is able to relax, the mind is able to communicate with the spiritual side of us. And so we can answer those why questions. We can ask the spirit things. We can be like, yo, spirit me, spirit body me. Hey, hey, pay attention. Just like the body does to us, right? If the body's doing it to the mind all the time, you think the mind doesn't do it up to the spiritual side? Absolutely it does, but we just don't have the greatest connection with that. And that comes from the relaxive state. We need the body to just, you know, hey body, I need you to just chill out for a while. I got to go talk to the spirit. And that's what the tools of psychedelics allow for. I don't even know if I'm advocating for psychedelics in that sense. What I am advocating for definitely is more research on that process, on the allowing the body into a deep relaxive state so that healing can occur or mental healing can occur where we head off and we have some sort of experience with the other side of us, that other health body that must exist to create this whole balanced structure. So relaxation is super important for all of that. And so again, I go back to, you know, what do you use to relax? Because even if we're not getting into these deep relaxive states, which allow us to go have those maybe spiritual journeys or have that connection, it certainly opens up the connection a little bit, you know, if we're in pain, if we're in um, discomfort or just overstressed, overworked, 
all of that is going to equivalent to some sort of mental stress as well, which is going to just snowball out of effect sometimes. And so relaxation becomes very, very important. How important? Well, let's go back to the, let's go back to the definitions to see how important it is. Definition of relax, to make less tense or rigid. Hmm. Kind of important to be able to do that, right? If everything was rigid all the time, it would break. That's one of the old adages in uh, martial arts that I used to hear all the time is uh, the blade of grass never breaks. They, uh, it's just an old saying, the blade of grass never breaks because it's not rigid, it's not tense. It just sways in the breeze, right? Um, or you know, be like bamboo because bamboo bends and flexes. Um, to make less severe or stringent, well, that's kind of important, right? Again, less severe, less stringent. Can't break those things, right? If it's less severe or less stringent, it's not breakable. It's a little bit bendable. It's flexible, right? To deprive of energy, zeal, or strength of purpose. This is a really important one here because by the understanding of relaxation to deprive of energy, zeal, or strength of purpose, we can actually, we can destroy something. It is possible to destroy that negative connotation of things, that overzealous point, or that overwhelming strength by being relaxed, being being able to bend, being able to yield. Uh, in, in martial arts, specifically in Tai Chi and some of the other systems I've studied, uh, we have what's known as the dofu body, or to be like, a, to have a cotton body. Uh, tai Chi practitioners specifically know that like you can take a punch just by absorbing and redirecting that energy in a different direction. And just, you know, it mitigates the whole thing to deprive it of energy. So we, you know, we act like a target. And then as soon as that target gets hit, we just act soft. We just go with the, go with the force and it just dissipates the whole thing. And so when strength can be completely taken away from them, if you do something like that, and so the small opponent can beat the bigger opponent, blah, 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 blah. There's a counter to a counter to a counter to a counter. It goes on and on and on. But that has to do with relaxation. But relaxation in something known as dynamic tension, which I'm going to get in here a second. But another definition, to relieve from nervous tension. Well, that's, you know, in the mind, right? If we relieve the nervous tension, then the body's relaxation will follow. This is that 3 a.m., you know, when you wake up and you're like, mind's racing, or maybe it's the 1 a.m. and you still haven't fallen asleep yet. And you're like, oh, I got to get up tomorrow. I got a whole bunch of things to do. What did I say at that meeting the other day? Did I piss somebody off? Oh no. What did I, oh, did I forget that text message or did I forget that email or, oh, did I forget to put the laundry in the dryer? Do I have something to wear tomorrow? Oh man, do I need to go to the store? Blah, 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 blah. To relieve from nervous tension is that, that's that moment of time. That's when we're racing through things in our mind at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., trying to get back to sleep, can't fall asleep. That's it. We need to relax. So we have to find methodologies to do that. Maybe that's light a piece of incense and, you know, hum or meditate or listen to some calming music. You know, maybe it's to take a sleep aid if we need it, just to kind of be like, all right, I got to relax. I need something to add here. There is no difference between a sleep aid in my mind and a psychedelic in that regard. If that is the, you know, if that's the idea for taking a natural supplement to have a specific outcome, then Okay, there's a tool. We can use those tools, right? Uh, what else we got here? The intransitive verbs, moving on to that. To become lax, weak, or lose, to rest. That is the state of rest, is to let the muscles relax. To weaken the tension state. To loosen the tension points. We can also uh, become less intense or severe. That's a good one, right? To just kind of relax a little bit, just chill, grab a chill vibe, just make things less severe, less intense. Sometimes the intensity of something is the thing that we need to combat the most. I often say that uh, it's frequency over intensity in just about everything we do, uh, specifically when it comes to working out or weight loss or even meditation. Um, it's better to do something for five minutes every day than it is to do it for three hours on a Sunday. So the frequency matters more than in the intensity. Also with how we train the body. If you want to make a habit, just do it every day. Just do it for one minute every day. You'll start to create a habit real quick. To break a habit is a lot more reflexive. It takes a lot longer to break a habit than it does to make a habit. But the intensity doesn't help, right? So the more intense we do something, 
that doesn't help make the habit. It's the frequency that does. And so we can trick the mind that way. In fact, the entire body kind of runs off this whole system of uh, reflexive action when it comes to stressors. So the more we stress the body in one way or another, the more the body's going to respond to it. That's kind of how the mind can talk to the body in that regard. When we say, hey, body, I need to be able to lift some heavy things. So I'm going to start lifting things every day. And every day, you're going to get a little stronger because you have to. That's one way we use that kind of sensory or also not sensory. That's well, you can do it sensory wise, but that's how we use the frequency idea of the stressor to get a stressored response. You know, if uh, in martial arts, I used to do uh, something called iron palm training. So I would bash my hand. Literally, uh, we started off on, you usually start off on a bag full of rice. And you just kind of hit that and then maybe up to a bag full of mung beans. And then from there you might go to, or I'm sorry, might be mung beans, then rice. And that's maybe how we did it. Yeah, I think it was mung beans, then rice, and then steel shot. You know, you can just up the ante. Uh, and then eventually you just start hitting hard objects constantly. And you just kind of deaden your nerve endings, but also strengthen up the hands. While we do that, we use something known as iron palm dit to jow, an herbal liniment to help strengthen that up. So we're always supplementing in that way. But I can go on and on and on, try not to. We support that system of stressors to have an outcome. We don't do it for three hours on one day. If we do that, we're going to hurt our hand and then we won't be able to train for another week. New. No. We used to do it every day for a little bit of time. And then we would up that intensity with the frequency. That's how bodybuilders build muscle. That's how gymnasts get better at their muscle memory to be able to go through the routines. That's how martial artists learn routines. That's even how people who do public speaking learn to get better at public speaking. You speak constantly, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, not just once every once in a while. And so repetition is the mother of all skill. Failure is its father. Do something over and over again. Fail at it. Get better at it. But repeat it and you will add that stressor and get better. Relaxation is no different. It is no different to teach yourself relaxation to do it frequency-wise based on, I don't know, something you watch that like, oh, it's great to do yoga at, you know, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. And no, it's great to do yoga whenever the fuck you have time to do yoga, as long as you're doing yoga as much as possible during the week, if that's what you're using to relax, right? It is better to take a breath every day whenever you have time to take that breath just to go... <sighs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. All right, we're good. Let's move on. It's better to do that once every day than, you know, hyperventilate on a Saturday. Okay, so frequency over intensity. To become less intense or severe, that was the definition we just went over. From a muscle standpoint, specifically from my body work practice as a licensed massage therapist, I can tell you of a muscle or muscle fiber, it is to become inactive and to lengthen. That has to go together for relaxation. A muscle lengthens when it relaxes. A muscle uh, tenses or shortens when it is in action. So if we teach it to not be in action, it lengthens itself uh, and then becomes inactive. Now, I can tell you it is nearly impossible to make every muscle inactive in any way. Your muscles are constantly firing. Without that, we wouldn't be able to do it. But in a general idea, just the lengthening of the muscle lets it relax. Uh, let's keep going here. To cast off social restraint, nervous tension, or anxiety. Perfect understanding of the mental side of relaxation to cast off that social restraint fuck society move on to get rid of that nervous tensions the conversation you had didn't fucking matter let's move on or to cast off the anxiety you getting stuck in your own head does matter but it shouldn't stop you from being able to relax but phil that's super hard to do I don't understand your situation. I'll never say I understand your depression. That's part of what I preach and that's part of what I talk about. Ooh, preach might be a strong word. It's part of what I advocate for. Hopefully not evangelically. Um, when we talk about anxiety and relaxation, it's a tough game. It's a tough story. And this is where we get into that spiritual side of things, where the answer to our questions can help us with that anxiety. Because oftentimes we get anxiety over the things we don't understand or don't have control over. And sometimes knowledge can solve the control structure. If I don't have control of something, it's sometimes better to find knowledge about it. You know, if I don't have an understanding about that autoimmune disease I might have or that um, constant nagging pain in my body 
or just, you know, how the body works in general, I might get anxiety constantly about these different aches or pains or feelings I get, or maybe that like, that little like stomach, what's that little like lump in my stomach there? Oh no, what is that? You know, maybe you bumped into the night, you know, the nightstand and didn't remember that you banged your rib there. And now you have a little bump on your ribs. It's a you know, little hematoma going on, you know, those types of things. Maybe, um, if we don't have an understanding of how a car works, we might get super amount of anxiety because the car's just not working well. And then I got to get to work, but the car's giving me problems. All of these things can build up anxiety. And I find a lot of times if we can find some knowledge or some understanding around those topics, that anxiety will maybe lessen a little bit. And it's not a guarantee, but it does give you a place to start. And if you have a place to start, you can keep chipping away at it. You know, the, the sculptor, never just has the end result in mind. I've never seen anyone create art that had a perfect end result. It's a process, right? They usually say art is a process. Even in writing, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and like, should I kill this character off real quick? Should I make this a little funnier? Should I different use a different noun here, a different verb here? It's a process. This podcast has been a process. And so when we're talking about these things that require processes, sometimes it's good just to like chip away at it, just to start at it, just to get it, just some sort of starting point. And so with anxiety, sometimes it's the starting point that might matter the most, right? So if I'm stuck up at 1am or 3am, that analogy I was using with that, and my mind's just racing, maybe I need to figure out where the starting point is to like back that anxiety down. Is it get up and pace around? Is it listen to music? Where's the starting point to like cut that signal off just to kind of confuse that, that signal in the brain to like, okay, that can be breathing. That's one of the things I teach the most is use a breathing exercise, specifically 10 breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Hot, fogging a mirror breath to get that reset of the parasympathetic nervous system. But maybe we didn't we didn't remember that. So maybe we need to like maybe the starting point is to put a post-it note on the wall above the bed or on the headboard or even next to the, on the floor next to us that says, "Hey, breathe, just breathe, man, breathe, bro, breathe, sister." Breathe person. This is your brain. This is this is past you to future you. Breathe. Take a breath. Do some breathing. Maybe that's what maybe that's the starting point, right? And that requires repetition. Because repetition will figure out. All right, well, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Well, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Oh, that worked a little bit. How do I modify that? All right, cool. Cool. I can figure out how to modify this a little bit, right? So going into the next definition here, to seek rest or recreation. That doesn't just happen. We need to figure out that process. We need to figure out where to start, right? And sometimes the starting point can seem really daunting, right? If, if work's gotten away from us, if we're just in the slog, if we're in the churn, which again, I told you we're, we're going to talk about the churn. We're going to get, kind of finish up with that. Um, when we're in the churn, it might seem so daunting to even pick out that point to seek rest or, or uh, recreation. I don't have time. I, just, I can't do that. And when it becomes too daunting, my answer to that is look for the smallest piece. Look for the smallest thing to do. When something becomes way too daunting, look for the smallest factor. Because a lot of times if you learn about systems, if you learn about how things work, uh, specifically in like modern society, when we have technology, we also have um, what's called just-in-time transport systems of um, I'm blanking on my uh, product supply lines, uh, the supply chain. There we go. Just-in-time supply chains. One thing can set the whole thing ablaze, right? You know, the monkey wrench, the cog in the wheel, uh, or cog in the system, just removing one thing can make that dauntingness seem way less, right? It could simply be, it is nine o'clock, 9 p.m. There can be no, you know, nothing can be serious enough for me to look at my phone right now and just 
The phone goes on silent. Maybe you don't turn the phone off. Maybe the phone just goes on silent, right? Or maybe the blue light filter gets auto turned on or, you know, instead of watching TV and falling asleep on the couch, you're just going to get off the couch and go get in bed. And so when the necessity for the seeking rest or recreation becomes a daunting task, we got to find the little thing, the little screw to unscrew to get some sort of process started. All right. So the more daunting something seems, the smaller the action should become to start. A lot of times we want to add, we want to try to make the teeter totter effect of it's super daunting. I need to balance it out. And so we go over, we're like, I'm going to need to take it. I need to take a, a one month vacation. I need to quit my job, all that stuff. Right. I'm not saying that's not the right answer. Maybe it is. I don't know, but we can't balance out one great extreme with another great extreme. That's not how the teeter totter works. And so you might want to put something on the other side of the teeter totter, the other side of the scales. We're going to, again, we're going to talk about the churn here in a second, put something on the other side of the scales to see how much that balances it out. And so if you have a hundred pound weight and you put a, a 10 pound weight on the other side, you'll move the scales a little bit and you'll get an understanding of like, Oh, Hey, cool. If I had another 10 pound weight and another 10 pound weight and another 10 pound weight, maybe a five pound weight, maybe a one pound weight, eventually you can balance out that scale. But if you just take a thousand pound weight and throw it on the other side, one, it's a scale. So you're going to launch, or it's a teeter totters. It's a fulcrum. So you're going to launch that hundred pound weight off in the distance and then be fucked because now they're going to have no balance to the scales and that thousand pound weight is just going to plummet through everything. And you know, now maybe you have a broken scale. So, you can't balance out one extreme with another. I, I talked about that every time I talk about balance. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did a whole episode on it, but I'm blanking on my episodes right now. I apologize. You can't balance the scales by just using an extreme. That's not how it works. But you can balance the scales by just getting the 100-pound weight off the ground, right? If you have a teeter-totter, if you have scales, and the scale is fully weighed, right? There's a 100-pound weight on one side. Just by adding a 10-pound weight, starts to pull that scale into balance. That's a great place to start. So to seek rest or recreation, that is a transitive verb definition for relax, to attain equilibrium following the abrupt removal of some influence. That's what I was just talking about, about balancing scales. To attain equilibrium following the abrupt removal of some influence, right? That is just that little bit, just, just, just going back in the opposite direction, just a little bit pulling back. You know, if you're flying a plane, you just pull up on the stick a little bit. We're headed for the ground, pull up on the stick a little bit here. See what happens. Maybe I just mellow this out, right? Driving an RV, small corrections, balance. We're seeking balance. And so I was talking about this thing called the churn, and we're going to finish up with that here. The churn is a point where things are set into motion, and you just get caught up in it. And I, I like to kind of think about the churn where if you're just caught in the churn, the worst thing you can do is kind of swim against it, right? And you can think of the churn of like a spiral. Like it's just this, it's just churning. It's just churning away. Just spiral, 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 churn, churn, churn. This could be in a personal experience, in your own mind. This could be in a social setting with just like work and like things are just getting out of hand. Maybe like people quit and you took on more, you know, had to take on more work. So you're just, and, you, and then like you bring somebody else in, you're like, cool, now we got some back and then they quit. And like, it's just, you just get in this churn. Sometimes employers get into the churn where they just have to do this higher fire cycle, higher fire, higher fire. Cause you're just trying to find somebody that fits the situation, right? Even in your family situation, you could be in a churn where like things just, you know, the teenagers and the adults just aren't getting together or, you know, your stupid brother said some, you know, bullshit and you had to like, just be like, dude, what the fuck? You just started all sorts of unnecessary drama and now you're just in this churn. You didn't have a choice over it. You just got stuck in it. You're just in the churn. That's what it means to be in the churn. You just got pulled into it. You know, sometimes you can't avoid it. Sometimes you don't see the pothole, right? And so you get pulled into the churn. And one of the worst things you can do in the churn is to swim against the current. You, you don't swim against the churn because the more you fight against it, it's just like you trying to do the extreme of adding an extreme to balance an extreme. That's not how balance works. 
All right. This is what a lot of political powers in the world. Oh, you thought I wouldn't get a little political with it. No. Um, this is what a lot of you know ancient history talks about when we talk about political reformation or you know political intrigue situations where war just you know goes just one side. There's no balance. Everybody loses in war. I've talked about that before. But specifically, when we talk about intervention, um, when we talk about one force balancing another force a lot of times people use extremes to do that and that's not that's not how balance works when i talk about tai chi i talk about the dofu or cotton body i'm talking about allowing intercepting letting a force come in but not meeting a force with a force so if someone punches me and i just kind of let it go not meeting that with i'm going to break your fucking arm right maybe i do need to bring that level of overwhelming violence i teach that in self-defense but in general, not meeting force with force because that's not how you balance force. Absorb the force, let it go, right? Or absorb the force and redirect. In football, we see this a lot with receivers. You know, quarterback throws a bullet. Our receivers got to have soft hands. We talk about that. You know, we talk about in basketball, you know, the arc. You know, you can't just throw the ball directly at the hoop. You get a nice little arc. You know, in sports, we talk about this stuff all the time. In, in just health and wellness, we talk about this stuff all the time. In even just our general daily lives, but we don't always practice it. And again, that's that frequency over intensity is to practice, practice, practice. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Failure is its father. But this churn thing, right? You can't swim against the churn. Because if you try, if you try to act against the churn, you're trying to balance an extreme with another extreme. It doesn't work that way. You don't necessarily want to swim with the churn, because then you're going to get caught up in the spiral. You're going to get caught up in the churn itself, and you might drown. You might just get sucked under the rip current, and that's that. You know, you're you're in a bad situation there. Something bad's going to happen. So what you do is you swim perpendicular to. When you're in the churn, you just try to keep your head above water. That's all that matters. Just tread water and try to keep your head above water. You know, in the quicksand, don't move. Right, just small movements and try to find a way out of the quicksand. This is the idea of being stuck in the churn, but not letting the churn carry you off and not fighting against it too much. Cause if you do, it's not going to work. You're going to tire yourself out and it's going to get worse. So what you do is you relax. And then once you start to relax, you can use something known as dynamic tension. Dynamic tension is the point where the body is capable of relaxation or action. I use it all the time. My body work practice, I use it all the time in self-defense, in uh, fighting, in, you know, training MMA fighters. You know, I use it, or I should say in that case, I used to use it all the time. But in Tai Chi, in my Tai Chi practice, I'm constantly using dynamic tension. Dynamic tension in and of itself is a product of relaxation. I'm not fully activated. I'm relaxed. I'm not completely, you know, the muscle's not completely limp. It's dynamically tense. And people hear the word dynamically tense and they think, oh, so you're holding tension. Not necessarily. Simply by lifting your arm off a table, if you're just less, if you just relax your arm as much as possible on a table, and then just start the process of lifting it off without actually fully physically detaching from the table, that's dynamic tension. You're still kind of relaxed, but now you have a good middle ground. That's dynamic tension. It's not activation. I'm not forcing against something. I'm not trying to lift the barbell off the ground yet. I've just started dynamic tension. And so if you can waver in that middle ground there, if you can kind of find that relaxation point of dynamic tension, you have a lot more options. And so you can work with the churn. You can work to get out of the churn. You can work to not get stuck in the churn. You can see the churn coming sometimes when you get into that state. It's just kind of an awareness state. So in mental health and self-awareness, that's kind of relaxation. Relaxation is a nice balanced position between what's the body doing, what's the mind doing. In mental health, it's what the body doing, what's the spirit side of things doing. It's the middle ground. The mind is the middle ground. The mind is the point of relaxation. That's the greatest thing I can teach you about relaxation is the mind is the point of relaxation. The mind's doing the conversation. It's talking back and forth. And so when you want to be a more relaxed person, 
you need to exercise the mind more. We can get relaxation through the use of physical exertion. You know, people go off and run marathons or you get a heavy workout or you've just been running, running, running all day and you just become physically exhausted, right? And from physical exhaustion might come just a deep sleep pattern. Well, that's almost the necessity of using an extreme to balance out another extreme. Instead, to make it a little bit more uniform, we can tire out the mind a little bit. We can exercise the mind, not to exhaustion, not run yourself ragged, staying up, not getting enough sleep, burning, you know, burning the candle on both sides. Maybe, you know, just not sleeping and just working constantly and doing mental tasks constantly. No, 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 no. Remember, balance. We can be relaxed in the mind. And to be relaxed in the mind is no different than to have that dofu body, to have that cotton body, to be able to just take a punch and absorb it. Take the blows as they come. Figure it out as you go, right? To make the mind a little bit more supple, a little bit more flexing, a little bit more yielding. And so going back through our, our definitions one more time, let's apply them to the mind the mind itself because oftentimes relaxation gets talked about when we're talking about the body. Let's apply it to the mind. So here we go. To make less tense or rigid, to slacken the mind. Right? To you know, just let things go a little easier or just not let things affect us so much. Just get a little cushion to the blow there, right? To make less severe or stringent. Just, you know, just okay, let me let me give a little gray, a little gray area here. Give things a little give that, you know, give that person a little bit of a little bit of flexibility on, you know, them being a dick or them being an asshole. Just like, yeah, all right, you know, fuck you. I'm not gonna deal with you. I'm just gonna move on. Whatever. You cut me off in traffic, cool, whatever. Have a great day. See you later. Like I, I don't need to let them affect me. That's really what I'm talking about here. I was going to get that in a little bit later into the definitions here, but just, I just, why am I going to let that stuff affect me? Why question? Spiritual question. But that's to be relaxed in the mind. Just like, oh, cool. You want to be an asshole? Cool. Just go do that. I, I, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. See ya. Bye. Like, it's not my problem. To deprive of energy, zeal, or strength of purpose. To just, those stressors, stop giving them the energy of the mind. Stop giving them the zeal. Stop giving them the strength. Self-awareness, mental health. Stop giving outside influences strength over you. I've talked about that many times in this podcast. You get to make the decision. You are in control. To relieve from nervous tension. Relieve the mind from nervous tension. Take some breaths. You know, get some dopamine in there. Maybe do a little quick workout. Take some breaths. Eat a nice meal. Drink a tasty beverage. I don't care. To become lax, weak, or loose. That's that suppleness of the mind. Just, you know, all right, yeah, cool. Just let the mind, just chill, reggae vibes. To become less intense or severe, we kind of covered that already. To become inactive and lengthen. Ooh, all right, well, right, we're talking about muscles there usually, but how do we make the mind inactive and lengthen it? Meditation, breathing, just daydreaming, just blanking out and staring at a wall, all right? Just taking a minute for us. To cast off social restraint, nervous tension, or anxiety. That's specifically talking to the mind. To seek rest or recreation. Again, mentally over physically in some cases. The mind will have the conversation. To relieve. Just to relieve. Let's just leave it at that. To attain equilibrium. To attain equilibrium. To attain equilibrium in the mind, we will have a conversation with the body and we will also have a conversation with the spirit. The truest relaxation of the mind comes from when we're having an equal conversation between our bodies and our spiritual sides. And to do that, we need to seek knowledge in some way or another, because the more knowledge we have, the better that conversation can be. And so that is what I have to tell you about relaxation when it comes to self-awareness and mental health. Again, self-awareness, mental health, when it comes to relaxation, it's all about the, the body, the mind, and the spirit. That mind is the middle ground. And the more knowledge that mind has, the better it can both deal with the body and the spirit and the conversation pieces in between that. And that will progress into your life in all facets, I believe. And again, spirituality, I consider to be uniquely on your side of depression. It's how you answer your why questions. If that involves faith, awesome. Good for you. I'm not against, well, sorry, I am against organized religion. I'm not against faith. I'm not against faith. I am against organized religions. You get to decide what you believe in. Don't let anybody else tell you what to believe in. Make up your own 
mind. Because when you start making up your own mind on things and stop letting other people influence you, or at least understand the influences that you are under, you'll have less duress and you'll have more relaxation because you'll be in control. All right. That's what I have for you on this episode, the relax episode. Head over to to, um, taminghindrances.com. Leave us a review if you have time. That would be awesome. Also head over to the archive, taminghindrances.com slash archive. Check out all the resources I have there. As well as if you want to support the podcast, head over to purebulk.com. Again, purebulk.com and use code taminghindrances for a discount off your purchase. I get a small commission on all sales that occur there. That does help out the podcast. Pure Bulk has some awesome supplements. Um, Specifically, check out Cliff High's Pure Sleep if you're looking to get some better sleep, which might help with relaxation. The supplement there, Cliff High's Pure Sleep, is uh, used to just get a better quality of sleep, but it helps with the relaxation process that goes into falling asleep. You might also check out something like theanine. That's a good supplement for adding to your coffee to get less jittery from your caffeine intake. Um, Also magnesium uh, or calcium intake as well. Vitamin D can help with the mental state of the mind and body connection. Um, Vitamin D is a pro hormone that controls about 3,500, actually a little bit more than 3,500 processes in the body. So it can help with that mind body connection. So Plenty of supplements over at purebulk.com. Again, use Taming Hindrances code for 10% off your order. I get a small commission. Helps out the podcast. Leave us a review. What else? What else? What else? What else? That's it. I'll have another episode for you. Just remember to breathe. I'll catch you on the next one.